Hello and welcome to the Trailbusters podcast, where we talk everything outdoors and adventures. This week we're cycling back to Will's bike trip from uh, Toronto over to Montreal. So how'd that go, Will? It went pretty well. It ended up being a bit abbreviated uh, due to weather, but I did one really, really big day and a lot of camping along the way and did a bunch of riding in Montreal uh, where I ended up. So all in all, great trip. Uh, a lot of learning, a lot of fun, and a lot of exploring a really cool part of uh, Ontario that I hadn't seen before. So, good trip. Not quite as planned, but still turned out, it sounds like it turned out pretty great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, the first night we camped out in Prince Edward County at Sandbanks Provincial Park. We had been there before during the day. It's really nice. It's like um, right on Lake Ontario. And it's this really beautiful beach uh, with really big sandbanks and like big sandy mm-hmm. beaches. And you can wait out for like yards. It's like a really long, uh, shallow beach that's quite warm. Uh, Lake Ontario can yeah. get a little cold. So it's a really nice place to stay. And um, we, we, we brought our car, a lot of good food when we get camping and a little like po- coffee espresso maker that I love. And um, we had... I got a really early start in Prince Edward County um, and then biked across the entirety of the county, basically, to this really cool ferry that goes from Prince Edward County to, like, the mainland um, Mm. to this little uh, scenic. It's called, like, the Loyalist Parkway. It's like a highway. It's like a scenic (laughs) historical highway. And I, I don't, I did I should look into oh, I've, this. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know the history of it, but it's something about, like, early Canadian history and... Maybe the loyalists are like people who are against the Canadian independence or something. I don't really Interesting. know. So the 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 loyalists in Canadian and American history were the people loyal to the British and eventually to Canada. Kind of like quick right. history sidebar. They're also like from colony times. A mixture of like separation between Canada and America wasn't as big of a thing. They are the people who the revolutionaries in the U.S were like against england loyalists were people loyal to england Uh in that whole war conflict thing interesting yeah Um, you you saw these little like historical placards along the way but the the ride itself was along yeah this this loyalist parkway for the most part and um uh it was really like uh flat which is nice for the most part the hilliest part was prince edward county which I thought was going to be like bike heaven because you see a lot of people biking there. It's sort of a tourist destination and there's a lot of mm-hmm. like, um, there, there are a lot of wide shouldered roads, but the path that I unfortunately took uh, was kind of through one of the busier roads on the island, or it's not an island, I keep wanting to say island. It's like a peninsula <laughs> on the peninsula. Um, mm-hmm. And so the, that part was actually the worst traffic wise. I was on like a, a really rough shoulder. But I have like um, my bike has gravel tires, so I, I'm a that bike excels at dealing with like rocky terrain or rough terrain. So I, I was fine, and um, really hauled ass, oops, hauled butt, excuse me, um, across the Prince Edward County, and then getting to when you land in on the mainland, um, it's from there the next big city is Kingston. So I kind of was making towards Kingston, and uh, you're in this place where like Lake Ontario meets uh the saint lawrence river and it's a river delta so it's all these tiny islands there's thousands of them so hence the name thousand islands which people might recognize 
And what it is, is it's mm-hmm. um, kind of like very, it was very hot, humid, overcast weather uh, when I was there. And uh, you see just as far as you can see are these like all these little islands, just t- some of them like tiny, like postage stamp size, seemingly like little itty bitty islands. And they all, there's tons of uh, windmills too. I think it's like a good place oh, cool. for that. So I biked um, along that for like, I think at that point, maybe 40 kilometers in. And as I was biking, um, I anticipated Bing... Uh, and I had planned this in advance and Bing said, I think I'll probably meet you around this town called Bath. So I biked past like, you know, like really had fun. I was really going fast. I was really enjoying myself. I love like the kind of solo part of the trip was fun because it's like a great place to like do thinking. Like I was just thinking about work. I was thinking about life. I was like mm-hmm. organizing my thoughts, just letting my mind kind and of. Then, and then Bing had to come and ruin it. Yeah. And then Bing had to come. Jeez. Mm-hmm. No, then Absolutely. I met up. I met up with Bing and um, it was cool because we met like pretty much in the middle in the of the middle town. Of Bing, <laughs> yeah, in the middle of the town, Bing had like kind of, it didn't sound like he really like, I don't know, my impression was, it was he was just sort of guessing like oh, around there, but we met like right there, like right in the middle of the town and it was, it was like couldn't have been better timed. So I thought that was kind of cool. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. a crazy timing. Yeah. I mean, coming from, so what I did was I drove to Kingston, parked it there and riding back towards the west towards bath and try to intercept will and yeah our plan was to Mm -hmm. try to meet in bath i guess that worked out perfectly so yeah (laughs) and it's it's funny because like i got to kingston i was texting will i was like hey let me know when you get off the ferry no word it's like all right i'll just take off and see where it goes (laughs) and um and yeah it was a it was a rough couple kilometers because i wasn't warmed up in anything and just you know getting your legs under you is the worst part but once you get going you get going so it's good worked out no you've you've got more of like a a street bike right bang where was the part you were on more accommodating for that or were you still on like more gravelly roads when you met up with will so the entire path actually towards kingston was really good like after like will got off the ferry the entire um the entire route to Kingston was all good shoulders, accommodating cars. There's even dedicated bike paths and stuff like that. Um, so it was really oh, nice. easy riding, except for this one town. This one town was rough. Um, you can tell they haven't patched any holes. I was dodging potholes like crazy. Mm. Of course, Will was riding through them like a la- like a madman. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pleasant overall. And I think there's a couple of good climbs here and there and a couple of good descents. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Bing's got, like, a really light bike, and he's got, he's, like, in good shape for riding it. And I've got, like, a in the best of times, like, a heavy bike with, like, knobby tires. So we kind of ride, we have different, like, speeds. Like, Bing was, could pretty much, if he ever wanted to, just punch it, and he would be, like, in the distance, you know? Like, I... I was mm-hmm. just keeping up with Bing. Not even like he, I think Bing, you were you were going like a little slower than would you be your normal clip. I think to to keep pace with me, right? Uh, yeah, I was slowing down. It was better to ride together anyway, and it was more leisurely and casual, so I liked it. Riding solo, I was kind of punching it actually. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, uh, I think I was running behind time, and I just liked the wind in my hair. Uh, so, so yeah. It was uh, it was good to have a little break going back to Kingston, and it was just enjoyable. So riding with other people, it's good to ride side by side 
um, mainly one to kind of direct traffic a little bit, two to you know have a good conversation, and three just、mm-hmm. you know it's good manners anyway.、Um, not you don't want to be like、uh, zipping, zipping by or trailing behind or you know being in the peloton type of thing unless you need to if it's like a single lane road.、Um, but yeah, side by side riding all the way to Kingston more or less. Yeah, it was fun. We talked a lot and like. We we did a pretty good pace initially, but I just didn't have the legs for it. Like I, I was already about maybe forty k in when I met Bing, I think.、Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, at that point, I was already kind of feeling it. I, I wasn't at that point. I still felt pretty fresh, but towards the end of the ride, I was like really starting to to feel my <laughs> legs. And、um, I think by the end of it, I, I was zonked. Like I I had planned for more than a hundred. I had a plan for like a hundred and twenty five k day on my first day, which is, you know. Probably anyone listening to this will think, "Why did I ever think that was going to be a great idea for my first day out?" Because honestly, like that was more almost three times as much as like the most recent ride I'd done、um, previous. I think, I think we even touched on this in our planning episode. You said it might be too much, and yeah,、um, it seems it sounds like a lot, but you think you could do it. Yeah, it turns out I couldn't do it. I I really don't think I had it in me to do the next twenty five. And part of that、mm-hmm. is just like I'm not. As young, like honestly, it's corny or whatever, but like I'm not in the same shape I was when I did a lot of bike touring, and when I so I I think I wasn't prepared for just like, whoa, I'm not as fast as I used to be. I'm not as in the same shape as I used to be. But it was fine. Like I I was never like in a bad spot because of it.、Um, Tedes was there, and I was able to just call her. Excuse me. Yeah, I was able to just call her. You didn't bonk out or anything like that, so that was good. I mean, you did do a good eighty、mm-hmm. k.、Uh, that's a good amount for a Monday morning,、um, and we did kind of stop at a nice little park and a cafe for lunch. So it's all part of the、oh, yeah, biking experience.、Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's、nice. that's a fun thing. Like when you're doing these big rides, like you can. Eat a lot and not really, you know, you need those <laughs> calories anyways. But also, I think like you、yeah. have your your choice of the like. Not that we knew Kingston that well, but like we were pretty mobile. Like we could have eaten any. Like I, I think、exactly. it'd be fun to do like a big like road bike trip and then end up at some nice little spot、uh, for a coffee or a sandwich or something. So that was a fun way to end the day. But one one thing I I don't know, Bing. I think we both had this. I got mega sunburned, even though it was pretty overcast <laughs> almost the whole day. Like I had,、mm, yeah. I I had like a serious sunburn, like one of the worst I had this、oh, summer. It's yeah, it's it's rough. Like I I remember basically getting out of the house and like I forgot something, and I went back to get my bike pump, and I left it. I was like, I think I'm still forgetting something, but oh well, I'll figure it out later. I <laughs> know I knew at that、yeah. point. After the ride, I forgot my sunblock. So, so yeah, it was rough. And I'm、yeah. in the I'm in like the tight cycling jerseys.、Um, so I have like harsh tan lines, like the cycling yeah. jersey tan lines, yeah, the shorts, and like you can see a basically a clear edge between、uh, base、uh, tanned and staying inside. So, yeah, for sure. They well. You always hear、um, that UV light still penetrates a lot more than visible light through the cloud layer. So even when it's overcast, you are still getting just as much UV light. You're just not getting as much visible light. So it doesn't feel like、mm-hmm. you're burning. You don't feel the heat as much and stuff, but you're still getting just as much radiation as you would be on a sunny day. Yeah, it is interesting.、Um, I don't know if it's exactly a hundred percent true, but I mean, evidently, you still got plenty of UV. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm not surprised to hear that. I got I was I had like very uncomfortable sunburn that I'm I'm still have some skin peeling from. So yeah, definitely word to the wise. Uh, listen to Ethan. <laughs> you are not safe if you if you're biking or outdoors in an overcast day. Like you'll still get roasted. So yeah. So so how much time did you guys actually spend uh, pedaling away? That's a good question. I don't know. I think we got into Kingston around noonish, right? Maybe a little later than that. I want to say half later past, than that, but maybe half not. Half past noon. Yeah, I left. I left. Um, I left uh, the campsite at around like seven thirty in the morning. Oh, so. that's early! Wow, it's early than expected. Yeah. I thought you were out at around eight. Yeah, seven thirty-eight. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting because we took the scenic route once we got into Kingston. And, and so here's the, here's the funny part. So there was two routes out of Kingston. I took the fast route out. But then when we rode back in, we took the scenic route into the park. And I thought it was paved. And clearly it wasn't. Um, so I'm on my thin like road tires, uh, slicks. They're not good for gravel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's okay. And then I, basically I rolled, rolled through it on my i guess lowest gear so basically uh good for climbing and stuff like that so slowly rolled through it and until we got to like a really rough patch and then it was like nope i'm on the grass <laughs> yeah nice yeah will's just going right on through that gravel with his gravel bike exactly yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like kids when they have like um mud boots on or like big boots on in the rain and they're just jumping in every puddle i'm like that with my bike and like any kind of gravel or like rough road i'm like all right finally mm-hmm. yeah i'm like in my sneakers to try I'm to avoid for. all the puddles yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's like oh, i don't know about that <laughs> yeah I, I love my bike like i uh, so my bike setup um i have a, a bike from all city bikes which is a local bike manufacturer to i they're in ontario i think and um it's called the gorilla monsoon and it's based off of like an 80s mountain bike so it's got some cool features like um, it has this like drop thing where if you push on it, the seat will like go down low. So you can if you're like you don't mm-hmm. want to be as high up when you're like navigating like patchy terrain, um, but it doesn't have shocks or anything like that. So it's good for touring. Actually, it's like a solid steel frame. But um, yeah, it's definitely like a beast. Like that thing is meant mm-hmm. for like chopping up trails and like it can handle road or biking, but it's not optimized for that by any so means. And, and I, you- I wouldn't have it any other way, I, I don't think. So, you know, Will, um, so yeah, that is a very traditional mountain bike feature, the the seat drop. But I think technology nowadays, you can actually adjust it at a certain percentage and it will act as a shock absorber. I'm not sure if that's uh, available on your seat. Ooh, I have to check that out. Basically, you set it at like 70 or 60% and it will basically have like a little bit of shock absorbing and you can use it to your advantage. That's cool. Ooh. Fancy. I'm going to have to try that. And they call it an adventure bike. I just Googled it. <laughs> I mean, it is cool. an adventure. That's um, that's a whole category of motorcycle, too, which is kind of a similar category. It's like they're designed to be able to either do touring on the road, but also go like off-roading more. So they usually have all sorts of fancy bells and whistles, like um, electronically adjustable suspension and you know, ABS and traction control, that's most bikes when they have that, you can't really turn it off. But for those you can, because when you're off, off road, you don't want 
the traction control to prevent you from locking up the back wheel because kind of like riding a bicycle when you're trail riding on a motorcycle you want to be able to kick the back wheel out to yeah. like skid and avoid things drift so those are those yeah yeah do your trail drifting those <laughs> those are something i've always wanted to check out motorcycle wise but no. sounds... it's cool that they're they're also called adventure bikes yeah well, adv bikes is like the abbreviation you hear when when you're in the know a adv <laughs> ADV. Yeah. Short for adventure. Ah, right. Uh, but, but yeah, anyway, jump, jumping back a little bit. Um, so you, you meant, uh, your timing wise, um, how did you find your pace? I know you said you didn't get quite the distance you originally planned, but was your pace like on par with what you were expecting? Were you slower, faster? I budgeted for, um, 20, 20 kilometers an hour and that's roughly what I, I hit and that's um, that's a leisurely pace so that's at a lower end uh, nice. and, I, and I think I kept that pretty well I anticipated yep. that I would be able to keep that slow steady pace for six hours or so and I couldn't like by the end by the time we got to Kingston like I really was done for the day like I, I don't think I would have been comfortable going much further and a big part of mm-hmm. the reason why um, that was is that I started to get some pain in my left outer knee, like it's called the IT band, iliotibial band, which maybe folks have yeah. heard of, maybe not. It was kind of a newer thing to me, um, and I've had this before on on really long bike rides, like uh, and usually by like the last day or the third or fourth day of like a really long back bike packing trip, I'll start getting that pain, and I, I so it's not totally unfamiliar, but I got it on the first day, <laughs> like towards like what would have been like maybe the three quarters mark of what I had planned for that day. Mm. So that was sort of a reminder, like one of the big, there's two things. So I learned about this later. So actually I had the kind of weird good fortune of meeting uh, a friend of a friend who is a physiotherapist type of person there. And they go to McGill, which is a school in Montreal and they, they're like doing their PhD in like sports medicine or something like that. And uh, I was telling him about my trip and how I had this like pain towards the end that really like, wasn't anticipating it and he was like well like how much do you usually ride i'm like well honestly like i'm more of a casual rider i had done like a 40k ride with bing i don't even know if that was 40k like the, the ride we did with you and it was me like and it was like 38 yeah close so that was like <laughs> a third of what i had planned for the for my first trip uh and i had that was like the biggest ride i'd done recently because i don't do big rides like i'm kind of like an all or nothing kind of person like in terms of my bike yeah adventuring and what he said was like, well, any activity like this, you have to like build up to it. Um, you have to like start with, you know, it's good to push it and it's okay to go a little bit past your bounds, but like your, your body's, especially, you know, as we get a little older, your body will just naturally start to like get wear and tear. Um, and it's a bad idea to like front load, like really big days. Uh, Cause your body will like, over time like get more like elastic and comfortable and used to it and then you'll be fine but if you try to do it all at once you'll get like repetitive strain which i experience i um yeah i'm i'm very familiar with um i'm i have a bad habit of repeatedly doing that type of injury where it's like i don't train or prep myself enough um it's happened a surprising amount of time just playing rec sports where especially volleyball i've had a lot of rotator cuff issues because i go really hard while i'm playing volleyball but do no other physical activity so it's like suddenly my shoulder and rotator cuff 
are getting like two hours because sometimes like when I play, I'll play for a while and I'll do a lot of overhand serving and spiking and stuff and I'll like just slowly destroy my rotator cuff because it's not used to working out. And I think I had the exact same thing too when I was training to run last time I got really into running. I was building up towards a 10K and I was, um, the more I got into it, I hit a point where I went from doing um, like three runs a week to I was at one point running like every day and it like I switched over the course of like two weeks and I slowly transitioned from like alternating between short and long runs a couple days a week to I would do a short run in the morning and a long run in the evening or vice versa and I then I switched to my short runs were turning into long runs and my long runs were turning into really long runs and after a few days of that I uh I developed uh, Achilles tendonitis in one of my heels because oh, I also started running on a steep incline and um, I barely recovered from that in time to do the race that I had been pushing myself so hard to train for. So it's, it's definitely something you got to watch out for mm-hmm. um, when you're not training regularly. All that being said, um, would your experiences on this trip, um, how would it change your prep if you were to do that again with this knowledge? Would you um, train differently or build up differently or would you change the length you had planned to go or um how do you approach that well great question i fully intend to do the full Mont- toronto to montreal ride again like i'm 100 percent more than ever after having done the bit i did i would love to do more of it it's an amazing ride and like i have a great feel for how i do it now so um i'm fully intending and I think the answer is kind of a bit of both. Like one of the things is like the first day, it's nice for it to be a shorter day. Like being used the expression, mm-hmm. like getting your legs under you. And I think that's a really like good one. And it's, you know, it depends on what you're trying to do. Like if you're really athletic, adventuresome biker, and you want to just put a lot of miles under you, um, you know, plan the trip accordingly. But for me, you know, I love the full experience of it. And I'm not really interested in like putting in any like impressive mileage. Um, and I like to take my time. So I think if I did it today, I would do like a shorter first day somewhere in the order of like 60 to 80 K and then maybe build up to having like solid hundred K days after that with lots and lots of stretching. And you can't do a trip like that without building up some and training a bit before. Like you have to be going mm. on, it doesn't have to be like 80 K rides, but you have to be going regularly on rides and stretching and building up because if you don't like, Especially, you know, if, you know, when, maybe when you're like 20 and dumb, you can do that and just drink fireball whiskey the whole ride and be an idiot <laughs> and, and, and you'll be fine, you know, like whatever, like you can get away with it. But I think now for me, where I'm at in my life, like it's not so much what I'm about. So I think my plan would be like really intentionally plan the first day to be easier. Uh, make sure that no day is more than like, uh, you know, 100K max because there's nothing worse than having like over ambitious goals and then struggling yeah. to get to the site or like, you know, injury mm-hmm. that could happen. Uh, that'll end the trip early. Um, but yeah, like that, that, that ride in particular is really nice cause it's really flat and there's just tons of great camping and like actually the stretch. So another thing I would think about doing is a combo of bike packing and like actually just checking into like Airbnbs and stuff because they're actually, there are campsites, but they're not always where you need them to be. So like, um, you, you get into a problem if like campsites are more than like 80, a hundred K apart, right? Like, what do you do in that case? Mm -hmm. Either you bike more than you'd like, 
um, or you find some other arrangement. And I found a website that does like services where they'll kind of help facilitate a bike Montreal to Toronto bike trip. They have like packages and they'll provide a lot of like help. And they have like a list of, of places that they kind of work with that provide lodging. So a really great way to do it would be like bike from Toronto to Prince Edward County, stay the night and camping bike from Prince Edward County to Kingston and stay at an Airbnb or something like that. Or like, an, or like a literal bed and breakfast where they like, you know, have a nice setup and you don't have to worry about much, have a shower, eat some good food, you know, sleep in a bed. And then from there bike to like thousand islands and then break it down into two more days. I think if you did that, you'd be biking comfortably every day would be 80 K you wouldn't have trouble finding a site. Uh, I think that would be like a really nice trip and yeah. probably something I'm going to be doing in the near in like the not so distant future. Now, I, I have a couple questions that have popped into my head while you're talking about that. Uh, but before we dig into them, I really want to cycle back just for a second because that um, biking 120K drinking fireball the whole way sounds too specific to be made up. <laughs> How much drunk bike packing have you done and why fireball whiskey? <laughs> I remember one ride that I did. Um, I rode from Seattle to Victoria uh, through the Olympic Peninsula. So you kind of like, you go west and you catch a ferry basically. And on the way there, we made friends, it was me and my friend Robert, and we made friends with uh, a, a group of guys that were also bike touring, but doing a different trip. And one of mm -hmm. them had a flask of Fireball whiskey and they had it on their like, not a fanny pack, but like kind of like a, a spacing right now. Like on the handlebars, they had a little like baskety thing that zipped up. Like yeah. a fanny pack for a bike and in it they had a flask of fireball and they would just take sips as they rode and it was fun like i wouldn't really re recommend it like it's kind of i don't know but but it was really fun and i thought kind of cool and like you know a little bit of booze like farmers back in the day farmers would drink like a shot of something alcoholic in the morning because it helps with muscle pain it relaxes you a little bit so maybe there's some wisdom to it i don't know but it's certainly not an endorsement from uh trail busters for that but it was kind of a cool little yeah treat i think that kind of segments to one of my other questions too the muscle pain part um which is um maybe kind of a challenge to your thought of first day being the shortest and then building from there um because i know i know um we chatted a little bit beforehand so little sneak peek of what's to come but weather kind of hampered your next day yeah. but when you woke up that second day uh muscle wise how ready were you if it had been a perfect day to get up and bike a whole nother day I, I felt a little stiff i did but i i um yeah my knee and my knee was sore for sure for sure i wonder i'm trying to put myself back there yeah i think it's like oh i think this is also true of backpacking i wonder if you've ever had this ethan or bing it's like when you wake definitely. up definitely and you're like sore as all get out mm -hmm. but then you like get going and it kind of like you can get back into it but it's definitely hurts in the morning yeah i remember yeah. being a little stiff for sure yeah I, i'm just i'm thinking back to our algonquin trip and i remember like having i i guess part of that too was we did push it too far on the first day um but that second day was really bad as well which also led to a third day that was i mean super enjoyable trip and all but so much pain by the end of it and the third the third day ended up being the shortest day and it was probably like it was still hard it was still really hard because of 
how sore I was from the day before, which was harder because of how sore I was from the day before. So I, I wonder if, I mean, a big part of that's probably how good of shape we were in, or I was in in particular for that, which was not very good shape. Um, if you want to hear more about that, we have a whole episode on it. Yes. Go back to, um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I wonder how much that would affect it too. And if that's something yeah, to factor in for planning those distances, I think uh, so I think ramp, ramping up makes sense, but like giving yourself time for how sore you'll be in the morning too. Yeah, I think so. Like we were popping painkillers on that Algonquin trip. Uh, and that wasn't nice, mm-hmm. but at, I mean, at the same time, like we did enjoy ourselves. I think in terms of just recovery in general, like after the day, uh, I rode both well. Um, I immediately got back and just you know found the baseball or something hard and just started going through the muscles, and I think that helped a lot. Any kind of recovery thing that you can do, like foam rolling and stuff like that, helps quite a bit. And, I mean, you can just easily just do stretching, light stretching, and whatnot. Totally helps a bit before you go to sleep, and you won't feel too stiff in the morning for sure. Uh, I know the next day for me, like I felt fine, like I could have kept going, um, but but yeah, it's I think a part of it is just recovery uh, after your your mm-hmm. stints in general. Yeah, you you've, yeah. you've got to do stretching. You've got to really be proactive. Stretch before and after. It's not an option. And um, you've got to plan days that are realistic for you. You know, I I think that like planning a trip is can be really hard if you haven't done it recently. If you had like you, uh, it's hard to plan a backpacking trip, a biking trip, whatever kind of trip, if you're a little unfamiliar with it. And that's why it's important not to plan like complicated multi-day backpacking trips from a standstill. It's like if you're going to be getting into an active lifestyle where you're going on regular adventures, you start to understand what your body can do comfortably. You get into a rhythm and you know when pushing yourself feels safe. But it's really easy to like push yourself on paper, like looking at a mm-hmm. map or like making reservations for yeah. campsites. It's so easy to be like, ah, yeah, that seems like a lot. I know it's more than I usually do, but I'll be fine. I know it. And like <laughs> I, re- I, I, I'm so often that guy and I'm so often regretting it that I'm, I'm starting like to slowly, slowly learn to really, you've got to be in in an active lifestyle where you're regularly doing these things in order to understand what a good pace is for you. And then you can build from there. So, you know, it's advice we've given here before. And I guess it's like something that I need to hear sometimes too. It's like, yeah, uh, I mean, like the mind is willing, but the body is bruised and battered. (laughs) Yeah, it's so it's always harder than you think it will be in my experience. And you really can push through stuff and you really can accomplish things you didn't think you were capable of it's okay to be audacious but like you need to build up to some things and you need to get a sense of what you're capable of to know what's like pushing and what's pushing that a little bit too far Mm -hmm. and so i think like you know if you're getting into this kind of stuff and you're you're hesitant like you know do kind of what i did like make sure that you have fallback plans make sure that there's you know you have a strategy to like comfortably you know shorten a trip can be a nice option or you know if you're going if you want to do a bigger trip Maybe before you do that, plan a shorter uh, trip with the same gear and just see what that feels like and kind of yeah. work up to it. For sure. Yeah. Like we did we did um, a tune-up ride before and I think that kind of helped you understand like what you're missing, what kind of pace you're going and that kind of stuff. And I think that really helps to just kind of get a sense of like your equipment, your body and yeah, what you're capable of. 
Now we we kind of already um, I kind of already spoiled it a little bit, but you had your great um, first day of writing. You met up with Bing, um, had fun, cut it a little bit short, but still ended up um, I assume driving to the campsite you had intended. What uh, what was the uh, next day like? So we camped out at this place called the Wild Bird Sanctuary, and it's part of this chain of campsites that's privately run called the Thousand Islands Parks, I think. And they're actually nice. We'd camped at a different one of these before. It's like a chain of islands close to the highway, and there's different campsites. They're car camping, nothing too fancy. The sites are all pretty open, and there's a lot of RVs and sort of like families, but they're still really pretty and nice areas. And this site mm-hmm. was actually on the waterfront trail so kingston is this so you have from prince edward county to kingston it's called the loyalist parkway or whatever it's a highway but from kingston um to, through i i actually don't know if it starts in kingston again i don't maybe being you know but there's this thing called the waterfront trail which is a fully separate beautiful sometimes gravel sometimes paved uh bike route that will take mm-hmm. you all the way to montreal actually which oh, I actually yeah, didn't appreciate how nice it is. It's the Thousand Island Highway, I think, at some point, and it turns into the Waterfront Trail, right? From Gananoque? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, it turns into this trail, and, the, you know, Bing said there's, like, deer on it and stuff. It's, like, pretty... And it, yeah, I got, it's amazing. When I, like, from where I was camping, I was on... Like, we were on that trail, and it's, like, this gravel strip, and it goes through like right off of and then sometimes like pulling in into w- w- like kind of woodsy stretches uh, this like scenic thousand islands parkway which also runs um the length of the uh saint lawrence to montreal so i didn't bike and it was when we woke up it was spritzing it was like a light rainfall and i thought to myself you know i was feeling sore my knee hurt and um, that day was always going to be like a smaller day. Like we had to be in Montreal um, Tuesday to meet with Teresa's family. So we had to kind of somewhere to be. But I had this idea that I was going to bike a few hours. But when we woke up, it was kind of gross. And the forecast was for more rain. So I opted to just head straight to, to Montreal. Um, in retrospect, like it wasn't actually ever that rainy. I probably could have ridden. And I sort of wish I had because that was such a nice area. Uh, so we didn't end up um, doing more riding that day. Um, but got a, I scoped out the trail a little bit and I definitely feel excited. Like I, I definitely think, um, had I had like somewhere on the order of like five days, um, that would have been like great. And I could have done, you know, it would have been more achievable. So yeah, I, I learned a lot, kind of scoped out the site and then we ended up in Montreal, um, where we did a bunch of writing as well, kind of around the city. Uh, and we actually, we did like this thing called the tour de la Nuit, which was like this part of this Montreal bike festival which is this huge, uh, they shut down all these roads in the city at night and all the pe- people like put bright lights all over their bikes and bike around the city and there's like live music and it's really fun and people are out cheering oh, everyone cool. on. So I ended up doing a lot more biking related things and I was really glad to have my bike and like have had it been, it was kind of like part of the trip throughout, right? It was like I was a week, like the first part of that week was very much bike camp and biking and camping and then... Um, when we got into Montreal on Tuesday, we still were riding our bikes everywhere. And Teresa at that point joined me and we were doing more like bicycle tourism, which was great in Montreal. There's just tons of like amenities for bicyclists. So it was, it was really great to have mm-hmm. like. It's amazing. It's awesome. Montreal's the, one of those cities that I've always wanted to go to, but I've never got to experience, but I always get the impression of 
the culture there being really great and like lots of good food and good like interesting things to do and interesting things going on totally yeah i love it it's such a fun city and it's so bikeable it's like the most bike friendly city ever there's bike lanes everywhere and they're really well maintained and they even have like little nice touches like they'll have these things at at some of the more popular like bicycle intersections where when you pull up to a light there's like a little footrest and a bar to grab so you could just like comfortably wait (laughs) for the light to change um and like they have misting stations where you can bike through and they mist you and it's hot and stuff like it's that's really cool yeah it's like a great city to bike in a great fantastic city to bike in so um, would highly recommend anyone interested in urban cycling. Uh, Montreal is one of the, my favorite cities for that. And I think that might do it for us this week. If you guys like the show, uh, remember to tell a friend about it. If you have any questions or topics you want to discuss, make sure you, you email us at info at the Trailbusters or reach out on pretty much any major social media platform. Just search for the Trailbusters. Um, thanks, Tedes, for making our awesome intro and out, outro music. Uh, and for the Trailbusters, I'm Ethan. I'm Bing. And I'm Will. And we'll see you on the trail. Bum, 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 bum.